Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a really exciting uh, episode of, for multiple reasons. This is actually the first episode that Carl and I have recorded um, in quite a few weeks because the last few episodes that we've had, uh, we recorded them quite a bit in advance. We stocked up, yeah. Yeah, because actually, uh, Carl and I are in two different parts of the world. We're both still in Minnesota, but uh, he's in St. Paul and I'm in Duluth, so we're doing this podcast remotely, and this is sort of how we're going to do it from now on. Yeah, exactly. So that's a very exciting episode for that reason. And also, it's a very exciting episode because we've had this idea for a long time to do an episode on chiptunes, specifically modern chiptunes that are not featured in a video game. This is a subgenre of video game music, a community that people dedicate whole podcasts to. So it really is a long time coming that we feature some of this amateur work on the podcast. But yeah, right. it's just it's a really exciting episode. Uh, Will, it's great to be with you again for our first uh, Skype podcast. Hopefully, I wonder if you guys guys will will be able to notice uh, a difference uh, as far as the listeners go hopefully not yeah man it's it's really cool to do one of these it it really makes it feel <laughs> like home again to be able to do this show so i'm really excited to get back in the swing of things we have some really cool episodes coming up in the near future and this one in particular i'm really excited for because Me too. I, I mean Kind of like when we did our remix episode or demo scene episode, this is really sort of a huge subgenre of music that could almost have an entire podcast show itself uh, dedicated yeah. to it. And so, there are there are yeah. uh, radio stations, online radio stations and podcasts that are dedicated to this. Um, a couple of shout outs before we get started. You guys are going to really enjoy this episode, by the way. But I wanted to give one shout out. Um, I actually sent an email a few weeks back as soon as we decided that we were going to do this um, to Tom Helmuth. And he's a guy who runs Rainwave Radio, which is a chiptune radio station. So I actually asked him, hey, you know, Tom, do you have any picks that, uh, you know, as far as like some artists to look out for that you like and he gave me some great choices so um you know i would say about around half of our playlist today are uh, picks from tom so we gotta can't thank him enough yeah we want to put down a couple ground rules actually first though just to kind of let you know what we mean uh by chip tunes so this is all music some of it may have been featured in a game but i don't know if, i think none of this has actually today if I'm okay, not mistaken. Good. So, yeah, so our qualifications are basically this is all using sort of primitive technology or primitive sounding technology, like it's trying to sound like games from the 80s and 90s. It's basically it's using mm-hmm. chip, chip music. Emulating various sound chips of consoles or Game Boys or stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And what's kind of fun about this episode is a lot of the music is inspired by old video game music, but also a lot of it isn't. Quite yeah. a bit of it that, yeah, it's basically um, just using those instruments instruments to capture the nostalgia so this will be the nature of the composition is very different this will be nice to contrast musically what the majority of the music we play on the podcast this is going to be very different um just you know word of warning so yeah what you heard playing in was anamanaguchi arguably the most famous chiptune band in the world that was jetpack blues sunset hues from their album dawn metropolis if anyone listened to the nerdist podcast that's actually the intro theme for that podcast so let's get things started here with a chiptune by uh, the artist Deadbeat Blast. This is from his album Splatter Happy, and we're going to play the track Thundershock. Let's take a listen. (laughs) 
cool. You guys just listened to Thundershock from the artist Deadbeat Blast. That's from his album Splatter Happy. On today's episode of Modern Shiptoons. Man, this is a great way to start off the episode. What are your initial thoughts on this, Will? You know, I really like it. I, I feel like this is an example of a track that does feel like it could be at home in an old school game. Yeah. Um, it's it, it feels like much more faithful uh, technically to some of that music and even sort of the nature of the chords and melody. They really remind me of, you know, just classic fun 8-bit music. Yeah, no, one thing, uh, one reason I picked this to start off the episode is it's not the most intense track we're going to play. We're, today, we're going to really rock as we go through this playlist. There's some absolutely epic tracks today, but this is a nice way to kind of refresh and say, okay, this is just kind of a baseline modern chip tune. It's reminiscent of a lot of the music you hear. One thing I wanted to mention today, uh, it was kind of a surprise to me, is, you know, we talk about old school video game music, how there's all these cliches and there's so many things you hear over and over again. What I found surprising is in my opinion, I feel like there are more of those uh, similarities from song to song in modern chiptunes from these amateur artists. There's so many things that almost every single artist does. So keep an ear out, guys, to, to try to notice some of those similarities from track to track. There's a lot of um, kind of technical, I don't want to say cliches, but just kind of compositional and technical staples that you're going to hear a lot today. So that's something right. interesting. Yeah, one thing that I really uh, noticed about this track that was kind of had a very sort of piercing, um, almost percussive timbre uh, to some of those pulses. Mm -hmm. It was done through like the duty cycle switching, very kind of liberal duty cycle switching in right. those pulse channels. Yeah. And then it really had that kind of sound. Yeah, and what's cool um, is every single track, uh, it's so diverse. You know, I would say the bulk of modern chiptune, the whole scene, is Game Boy and NES emulating, but we have one Genesis track, and I think we might have like an Atari track. And a lot of people use different programs, so it's all over the place as far as how these artists constructed these tunes. So let's move on to to the next track. This is from uh, Anova, uh, and, and that is A-N-0-V-A, if you're Googling that artist. This track is called Flow from his album Ego Depletion. Let's take a listen. Love this rhythmic syncopation you're hearing right here. This is a really cool track. This is Flow from Anova. The album is Ego Depletion. Oh man, this is so cool. What, what do you think about this, Will? 
Yeah, well, something I appreciate about all these modern chip tunes is that uh, the loops are really long, and in often cases, there really are no loops. loops yeah. You know, they they're treated like rock songs. They're treated like actual modern songs, except point. instead of. Uh, guitars and electric basses, you know, we have all this chip music. Um, I really like this track in particular. It's using a lot of different kind of interesting musical techniques. This riff here is super catchy. It has some nice little, yeah, it has a lot of nice little syncopated lines and a lot of different interesting colors. Yeah, something I and feel like stereo, a lot of the modern... Well, in a lot of the modern chip music composers, they really treat the 8-bit sound chips like... You know, they're really making a little 8-bit orchestra out right. of it. All these different colors are very kind of characteristic of the type of syncopation that you have in sort of a big orchestra. Obviously, this is much more kind of like rock, right. so I think it's more influenced by that. But because all these timbres are kind of a little bit warmer and kind of similar, I, I don't know. I always get a little bit of that orchestral impression too, which I think is it's kind of quirky. No, I and like cute. the point you made about the loops. Like one thing that I just kind of want to drive home today is this is not video game music. Uh, obviously, it has a place on this podcast. It's very inspired by video game music, and if it wasn't for those sound chips and those systems, this wouldn't exist. But a lot of this music is much more closer to techno, electronic music, or EDM uh, than video game music. So you're going to hear a lot of kind of right. dubstepy, like wow, wow. You're going to hear a lot of that kind of modern electronic techniques that, in my opinion, sometimes are overused. Uh, so you are going to hear that today. Uh, so, I mean, I think this is definitely, for some people, their favorite kind of music, and for other people, right. something they might not enjoy that much. So it, Well, and also, I feel like there's a huge sort of pop influence. Mm-hmm. Like, some of these chord progressions, and just sort of the melodies and interval jumps that it definitely sort of has a little bit more of like a modern pop or modern like indie pop kind of sensibility to it which is just not there in you know 80s game music is more influenced by pop music of that time yeah that's a really good point you know we think about the pop music of today uh this is 2014 that we're recording this uh a lot of edm a lot of electronic dance music which was inspired by music from the 80s but it's it's slightly different uh today we obviously tried to pick some of the most melodic and catchy tracks we could find and i'm really confident in this playlist this is in my opinion some of the best stuff you're going to see in this scene some of the most popular stuff and um, just some of the cool stuff so this is going to be really cool yeah absolutely and again we want to thank tom for helping us uh pick out this episode but i'm really excited for the next track in particular so let's get to this was one that we uh kind of decided on it it, it was possible uh, because it was kind of a new addition this is one that actually i found uh a few days ago this is by the artist i'm familiar with big giant circles he's pretty active in the oc remix scene but this is an original album of his uh called the glory days which is kind of a nostalgic look at ship music this is a first track in the album it's called go for distance Here we go.
Awesome. We're listening to Go for Distance by Big Giant Circles. Wow, there's so much to talk about with this one. This is my favorite that we've played so far. This is one of my favorites of the whole day. Yeah, first of all, that, that riff is so incredibly catchy, and using it, they... He uses two different uh, pulse widths for the introduction of that melody. And two different it octaves eventually, yeah. Yeah, and, but it's it's so nice. It's very classy, and but it also feels like this would be at home. This is like a great game music melody, you know? I mean, it takes its time a lot more, and the addition of that more modern uh, synth bass and And then eventually kit. the rock guitars. Yeah, and, and, and this is yeah. actually a really fitting track if you're interested in this album, The Glory Days, because he has some tracks that are trying to evoke the kind of the old imaginative era from the 90s, but obviously he has a lot of modern-sounding rock stuff, and this is a track that has that nice fusion of old and new. Um, so obviously, this when you're listening to this, you can tell this is a 2014 piece of music, especially once the rock stuff comes in and another yeah, the thing production the production is super high quality here yeah one th- another thing that i um noticed in this in this community uh i would say Bandcamp is probably one of the most uh popular places to find this music so many of these artists have you know flocked to Bandcamp as their you know as their chosen place to sell their music and to for a lot of these people give their music away for free but what i noticed is that all this music is so freaking loud uh, as far as like how it's mastered, like if you listen to an MP3 of like you know a, a typical video game track, and then listen to something like this, it's so incredibly loud and just compressed. And sometimes because it's been mastered, yeah. And limited sometimes and... I think it's too loud. Like a lot of this stuff is really clipping in a way that doesn't always sound good, but it does let you know that this is modern because that's a modern fad. You know, the loudness war is something that has been kind of escalating throughout the years. So that's another uh, kind of thing that you can notice that this is modern music here. So. Uh, really love that track though that's awesome glad we included it let's now move on to a track called happiness like this this is from the artist boo boo i think that's how you'd say it b-u-b-u um the album is called the daydream elevator this is really cool let's take a listen to happiness like this Some of this really cool glitch stuff is also so common in modern chiptunes. It's really cool, though. Uh, it's a nice way to give contrast to an A section that might be really happy and fun. Usually in the B section, they really kind of get a little bit more technical with it, uh, industrial with it. This is Happiness Like This by Boo Boo <laughs> from the album The Daydream Elevator. 
Yeah, this is um for me. This is one of the one of the tracks that I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't sure about it, um, but when I listened to it a couple times, it kind of grew on me. And to this point now, I I like this track. What is what are your kind of your thoughts on this, Will? My initial thought it was interesting is in the same key is the last track by Big Giant Circles. And it's funny you're talking about how it's just certain little ideas or motifs almost feel like are common among all of yeah. these uh, composers, all these musicians kind of do similar things. Yeah, there's just a few sections in this where it almost felt like small little nuggets really reminded me of that go for distance. I don't know what's older and what came first, but I think it has to do with sort of the common language that all these composers use. Uh, I would say is your question of what came first, very, very close, because almost all this music is in the past like couple years. A lot of 2014 stuff, 2013, maybe 12. Uh, there might be some that, uh, there's definitely one track that's a little bit older, like maybe it's like early 2000s or something, but it, it is all modern stuff, and surprisingly, a lot of this stuff is like either this year or last year. Uh, so anyway... I'm going to move on to a track that I'm so happy we get to include. This is the one Sega Genesis chiptune on today's episode. Not, oh, nice. not a popular facet of modern chiptunes as far as like the chip scene. You just don't hear it a lot. This is by an artist. I think I played a track on a show and tell episode. This is Groovemaster303 and J-Red. Their album was called FM Micro Super Turbo Pocket Edition came out this year uh this is the first track i think it's the best on the album it's really funky it's really really cool let's take a listen to it it's called so rough so tough here we go Oh my gosh, that is so funky. I love hearing the classic samples that I remember from games such as Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, it's really cool hearing that. This is So Rough, So Tough by Groovemaster303 and J-Red from their album FM Micro. And you know, I was very biased, but originally I was like, oh, I think this should be track of the week. But I don't think uh, that's a good decision because I feel like this is not indicative of the modern scene. You know, you can't have a Genesis track be track of the week. I think you need to have either some sort of more Game Boy or NES-centric track um, be track of the week because that is so popular. I think it's a... 
It's a very noble decision, <laughs> but I really love this one. I mean, it is so incredibly funky, groovy. It's, it's I mean, great. these two, these two really have a clear love of uh, the 16-bit Genesis music. I mean, it's so evident in all over the composition. I mean, this is really kind of like a, a showcase of what makes that sound set great. Yeah. You know, all of those soundtracks are. They, they have the ability to really kind of groove, and especially for, like, the Sonics. I hear so much evident uh, Sonic influence. Absolutely. Obviously not as much as, like, your Sonic-esque stuff, because I don't think it's trying to be as on the nose It's just trying that. to be Genesis-inspired. Just yeah. as far as some of the, the musical ideas and even some of the instruments that they use, and like you mentioned, those samples, I really love the um, really wild brass sound. Like, you'll be like... Just like really crazy yeah. vibrato. Oh my gosh, it's so funky, so '90s sounding. So well, and that's the that's the kind of thing that you can only do with like a tracker like this. Because mm -hmm. for you, for Carl, when he does his uh, Genesis stuff, he uses a program called VOPM, which basically it synthesizes the Genesis sound chip very well, but it doesn't have any good way of actually producing authentic vibrato. Right. Which is, I feel like, the one way where you can really tell, like. This really feels like it's yeah, from that machine. Absolutely. So now let's move on to a really interesting track by Oxide. That's spelled A-U-X-I-D-E. That's the artist, and his album is Of Atoms and Stardust. We're going to play a track called Helios, parentheses, Sun. Here we go. What a cool track. This is Helios Sun by Oxide from Of Atoms and Stardust. Kind of similar to Of Cosmic Proportions there. Uh, and it sounds exactly the same, too. No, just kidding. I love how this track builds. That's another common thing. And, and that that's I wouldn't say that's a cliche. That's so common with electronic music. The idea of building. The idea of starting with one kernel. And it has to be good. There has to be something inherently catchy about that little kernel. And you just keep adding to it until it gets almost to a breaking point. And then, like this, you know, right here, you come back down to the very beginning again. And there's something powerful about that. Right. Yeah, Carl, I don't know what you think, but... 
Uh, to me, this track is so very optimistic. These chord choices just really... A lot of hope. I don't know. Yeah. They're kind of... <laughs> there's a lot of hope, and it's very kind of happy, agree. which I really appreciate. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be, like, really cool, mm -hmm. um, which that definitely, uh, that kind of optimistic cutesiness resonates with me more anyway. I uh, something I like about a lot of this chip music is I feel like... They're really trying to showcase the kind of digital, glitchy, oh, yeah. ones and zeros aspect of these sound chips. So they're doing things that almost make and it also sound what they're doing more kind of computery. Is than they're they trying are. to um, emulate modern electronic music, like such as dubstep, yeah. but using these chip uh, these chips to evoke that, which is is impressive. It's kind yeah. of cool, though. I really it's like cool. that. So let's move on to a track by Five O Five, and the album is Hymns. It's H cap, capital H Y M and then lowercase N S hymns, and I believe this uses uh, a Y M chip if I'm not mistaken. So this track is called Clouds. Let's take a listen. track that's pretty optimistic very happy i love when it finally goes up the octave uh for some reason that was a moment for me where i was like yes 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 this is clouds by 505 i love saying all these artists it's i'm just not used to it because you know on our podcast it's usually like this is yuzo kashiro and Monaco hamano and now today it's like this is a uh, 505 it's it's kind of hard to you know think about that groove master 303 and <laughs> yeah Jay i feel Ray. like i'm a radio dj here <laughs> well you are in a way you're listening to the sweet sounds of 505 <laughs> we got to think of like dj names for us like they have to be some sort of crazy animal like k brug and the weasel are coming at you or something k brug and the weasel anyway uh any thoughts on this track i think it's pretty self-explanatory you know what i like is um well, it's just sort of the, one of the benefits that all of these chip music composers have is, you know, they live in 2014, so they have an entire history of 8-bit music <laughs> to get inspired That's by. That's cute. I like that And idea. also, they, 
you know, they're able to use some techniques that were very pioneering in their day, but now probably aren't considered as pioneering. For example, like a, a lot of that arpeggiation and the different kind of cool timbral stuff that, you know, people like the Fallens were experimenting with right. uh, way back in the 90s. Um, but now it's sort of like that's so well known. A lot of these chip music composers are doing stuff like that, but they really owe a lot to those early uh, pioneers of those fantastic NES soundtracks and all the 8-bit systems like Commodore and Game Boy and um, all the Japanese computer systems as well. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think it's time to move on. Um, We're going to move on to... I'm so excited. Uh, This is a track by Jake Kaufman, and he's known more in this community as Vert, V-I-R-T, and... He started off, I think, in OC Remix and that scene, you know, doing remixes, obviously, you know, doing some chip tunes every now and then, eventually started to work more and more in games. But he loves chip music. He loves old school video game music. So I wanted to play a track that emphasized how unique he is in this scene. I think, you know, not surprisingly, he's probably maybe the most talented composer in this scene. Um, but I wanted to play a track. Well, if 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 Shovel Knight has yeah, taught I us wanted anything, to play a track <laughs> that showed that. his diversity, why he's so different. So originally, I was going to play a track from his album FX4. I think Tom suggested that track, and it's a really cool album, and a lot of people you know really enjoy it, and you should check it out. But this is a track from his album Choice Nuggets, and I think that's just kind of a mixture of unreleased tracks that he really liked. And this is uh, so unique on today's episode. This is staring at my spaceship by Jay Kaufman. my gosh this put a smile on my face oh it's so great there's so much i could say about this one uh this is staring at my spaceship uh by jay kaufman if you know if you can't tell this is definitely a unique piece of music i love how uh it starts off you're like oh what's this gonna be oh you pretty much pretty soon you realize this is an elevator music track and then he brings in actual like synths and like strings and a real piano and it's almost like he made this decision that i want the lead in this elevator music to be an NES, you know? It's like, it's such a cool combination and it showcases his sense of humor, which is what I wanted to do today. 
Well, it's it's funny because sometimes I feel like I have the opposite example with video game music, where to the average person, uh, the default version of some of these themes would really have to be uh, not chip music in order for them to resonate with it because a lot of people have a barrier of those sounds Mm -hmm. but with elevator music i almost feel like it's the opposite example where it's like if you hear you know soprano sax doing the (laughs) melody and like a really kind of cheesy jazz orchestra you're just gonna kind of check out but when you hear these cool like 8-bit synths you might kind of put it in the space of your mind of like oh this is fun video game music. and then he gets it's funny it's like the opposite of what normally happens he gets a lot of mileage out of this uh this type of feel but then obviously he brings in kind of the techno drum beat and then he rocks with it there and then coming back to this again coming back to ground zero here one thing um the track we were gonna play i think it was like incident zero you should guys should check it out it starts off it really takes its time and builds and then eventually it gets blistering some of the most intense like rocking chip tune i've actually ever heard so that's a shout out for sure well so, i i love uh, jake kaufman is just so versatile and the production of this track is Phenomenal. I mean, it really did catch me by surprise when all that stuff yeah, came in. I was too. just expecting it to be completely eight bit, and mm-hmm. it's really, it's it's really exciting when you can have a genuine moment of surprise in a piece of music, mm-hmm. and it's good, it's welcome, and it kind of elevates and surpasses your expectations. Because typically, like I think I said this before. Most commonly, when I get surprised by a piece of music, it's not a good kind of surprise. It's surprise of like, oh, that chord choice was weird, or oh, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. But so it's like, it's really kind of novel when something can surprise me in a way that improves my opinion. Absolutely. So now we're going to move on. I think that's my second favorite track of the day uh, behind our track of the week, which we'll get to. We're now going to move on to a track by Zabutam, and the album is called Zeta Force. This is the last track on the album. It's fittingly titled Final Blast. That is a standout track. This is one of my favorites today. Uh, this was one where I remember when I first heard it, I was like, ooh, I'm so excited to play this on our podcast. It's just a cool track. This is Zabatum Final Blast from Zeta Force, which is an al- his album you can buy on Bandcamp uh, for, I believe, a very low amount of money. A lot of this is pay what you want. Um, occasionally, there'll be albums for like $5 or $3, but... Well, you know, much of this music today is just great instrumental rock music, which is something, you know, personally, I don't feel like I get enough of. Uh, 
So it's it's nice. I, I obviously it's in a, a game music sort of coat of paint. Sure. Obviously these chip sounds, but I mean this. You, if you kind of did this with uh, authentic instrumentation, this would be just a fantastic instrumental rock tune. Mm-hmm. And that riff, that groove right from the beginning is so good and so catchy and I think that's really what makes or breaks these songs is how good that initial riff is and how they can kind of almost develop and expand out of it almost like a kind of like a a Bach melody where it's like he just starts with a certain idea and just carries that with and it distorts it and alters it to the point it's basically unrecognizable and a completely new thing but it really all depends on the quality of that original idea that those few notes sequence that is really inspired. Absolutely. And just one more time, if you guys are interested in this kind of music, you should really check out Rainwave Radio. That's an online radio station. And, um, you know, Tom helps to run that. And actually, our music is, is in the catalog of Rainwave. So you might hear some of our music if you check that out. Um, yeah. So this was cool is what Tom did is, you know, he gave me a list of some of his favorite artists and then gave me a choice of, you know, I like this track, this track and this track. And then I was able to choose, oh, which track I thought was the best from from those people. Um, like I said, I did try to do my own research, too, and find some some tracks just kind of out of the blue. So we're now going to move on to a track by Zeph from the album Ground Zero. Let's take a listen to Livewire. This is so cool. Um, sometimes it's hard to tell what are the chips uh, because, you know, there's so much going on in this track. I'm not sure what this is. This might be Game Boy. Um, Game Boy is by far the most popular chip in this scene, which is another surprise to me. I mentioned that 505 track. That was a YM chip. I think it was the uh, I think it was the YM2149, which is, I believe, like an Atari a chip that was used for the Atari machines. But... Yeah, for some reason, Game Boy is king, at least from what I've seen, in the chip scene. Well, it's sort of a, it's a nice neutral palette. It doesn't have sort of a lot of sounds and timbres that really stick out and make it super defining. Like, the NES is just a very definitive classic sound, so it's really kind of hard to uh, escape from that, which is, I imagine, why a lot of the uh, stuff that really is NES, they use those... You know, they use the Konami expansions, like the VRC6. In addition to that, you can't deny the the hipster factor of having a Game Boy on stage and using a Game Boy 
to produce live music, which is what a lot of these bands do, or these DJs, if they do live shows. <laughs> it's literally just them with a Game Boy. Like, that is cool, I guess. That is, yeah, that's the hipster effect. Yep. So anyway, we're going to move on for time here. We're going to play a track. I do really like that, though. I mean, yeah. I, I, I do think there are sort of aesthetic... Uh, decisions in place and i think there are reasons of using the game boy Mm -hmm. um that i can think of i think it is a little bit less distinct than the nes and it's sort of a nice neutral uh sound yeah no will i remember you really enjoyed that track you rated that really highly that was one of the tracks that i asked for your uh, kind of input and uh that got a high score from will brueggemann there so now we're going to move on to one of the oldest tracks that we're playing i'm not sure when this came out but it's a lot older than most of the music this is by bit shifter uh, considered, I think, a classic artist, you know, in the scheme of things for this modern chiptune scene. The album is Information Chase. We're going to play a track called Reformat the Planet. one of the happiest tracks today and actually one of the most simple and you know maybe it's not surprising it's slightly older than some of this stuff Uh, i think as the years go by these artists try to one-up the other people in the scene by trying to make the most chaotic thing they can it's nice to hear just like catchy good music that's fairly simple reminds me this is one of the tracks that out of almost any track today reminds me of old video game music this is bit shifter reformat the planet i really love this one it's so much fun good cute little melody again yeah very optimistic really happy it just puts you in a good mood it It does it channels that old school video game music quality of it almost feels like music that could be playing during like a montage just like a really kind of corny 80s movie montage sure i'm kind of miss that like you know there's such an optimism to that that i think is just I mean, that kind of optimism was all over the 80s and really the early part of the 90s as well. And so I think it's a little bit ironic that so much of this chip music is really trying to be cool and modern (laughs) because it's like the thing that I really like about classic video game music isn't really the chip sounds at the end of the day. It's almost like I like the music despite of the sounds. And I like the music so much that it almost makes me like the, the, the sounds by association. That's a great point you made. The only reason why in 2005 14 those you know honestly crappy sounds are enjoyable and are nostalgic is because when they were first introduced to people it was with great music yeah so we think that about music those yeah it was of such a caliber yeah it was of such a caliber musically that it was really able to kind of <laughs> make you ignore <laughs> yeah, that transcending to these digital sound. sounds yeah you just hear yeah. good music so Really good point. Well, we're now going to move on to another band. You know, some of these people are just independent artists. Some of these are bands. This is a band called Cheap Dinosaurs. Their album was 
uh, Cheap Dinosaurs. That was also the name of their album. And we're going to play a track called Hot Plate. This is fun because it incorporates real instruments with chips. So let's take a listen to Hot Plate. is an earworm i love this track it's such a cool odd quirky riff and a very devious weird time signature i really like it this is good dance music i would if i was listening to this at a bar um i would definitely get up and move well it's good dancey music i i don't i wouldn't put it in the like the genre no 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 but it's music music that i would want to dance to personally (laughs) this is hot plate by the way from cheap dinosaurs uh i'm gonna check out more of these guys great Really yeah, I really like I like these chip bands where they're basically like bands that just write modern sounding really good music and they just decide to use the chips to I kind love of bring it. their whole group sound together because it really is a nice glue, especially, you know, if you don't have the best sounding guitars, basses or amps, you know, this digital stuff can really kind of get your attention and it's sort of the glue that holds everything together. And then obviously it's like compared to this 8-bit sound, whatever guitar you're using is going to sound incredible. <laughs> Man, this part here is crazy. Yeah, these guys are pretty experimental. I love it. Let's move on. This is really exciting. I've been waiting for this, not only this whole episode, but I've been waiting months and months to share more of this artist. It's this week's track of the week. The artist is Disaster Piece. He's one of my absolute favorite chip tuners in this scene. He's so unique. Uh, his music is so lush. I, when I right. listen to Disaster Piece, it sounds like he's, uh, it's like orchestral music. Not in the <laughs> way that sounds, but it's almost like he's creating an orchestra from NES. So many right. channels, so many tracks, really beautiful stuff here. Um, yeah, I remember you saying that when we played some other of his music. It really is like an 8-bit symphony. Yeah, so we're going to play a track called Wagering Lights from his album Rise of the Obsidian Interstellar. Let's take a listen to this week's track of the week.
Oh, that is so cool. You guys are listening to Wagering Lights by Disasterpiece from Rise of the Obsidian Interstellar. Oh, I got to fade this back up here, guys. Just um, take a listen. Oh, man. He is having so much fun with um, contrasting meters. Reminds me of Darren Corp's um, transistor soundtrack of the way that it the drum is going to be in one meter and then sometimes the, the counter lines will be like literally like in a different meter. And he's going back and forth. Uh, he's really exploring a lot of cool musical techniques that happen to just be, you know, conveyed with chip sounds. But like this is so much more musically interesting in my opinion and so much more unique than almost any other chiptune artist that I've heard so far. I don't know, Will, what, what are your thoughts on Disaster Piece and on this track? Yeah, I think it's great chiptune music. Uh, and it really is, it's sort of like the gold standard because it's of a very high caliber musically, but it doesn't really sound like any video game music I've ever heard. Yeah, It really is doing its own things uh, musically, but it's using, it's really, it's like composed oh, so for these here. instruments. Uh, yeah, it's composed for these instruments very well. Uh, yeah, I, I really think this is sort of the gold standard. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily need to take influence from games, but it does need to have a light. It does need to have some meat and potatoes as far as the yeah. music. And Disaster Piece really has some interesting chords, yeah, it rhythms, and melodies. It pains me to fade that down, but we have to for time. I love the guys. Check out this album. If I have one recommendation today, buy this album, Rise of the Obsidian Interstellar. It takes you on a journey. I actually listen to this album sometimes when I have trouble sleeping uh, because it's just so imaginative. And it's just one of the only albums that I've ever listened to where I lose myself so much that sometimes I lose track of time because I've listened to this album a lot because it's just one of my recent favorites and I don't know something about this album really puts me in a you know an imaginative headspace here so let's move on this is a track by the artist Random and this is another pretty old I think some people would say classic chiptune artist the uh, album is Bad Joke EP and let's take a listen to Spontaneous Devotion interesting track you guys are listening to spontaneous devotion by random 
and <laughs> that's so funny to say that. This is by Random. No, I like this track. It's actually a nice textbook case. I would almost use this in an educational way of telling someone, you know, if they don't know what delay is. This kind of is a nice way to showcase the power and the depth of delay. You know, it's it's helpful that one of the channels is, is panned far left and one is far right. But when you just start with that delayed line without any bass or drums, it's really kind of disorient. You don't really know where the one is. And then slowly to hear it lock in place, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Well, it's like that old school sound chip delay where things are panned very heavily mm -hmm. and it's like you're actually using one of the channels to create the delay. Yeah, exactly. It's really great. I like how the pieces sort of build. You know, it really takes its time and all the things with sort of dynamics are very nice. It really kind of lets you get enveloped. And this part by here is ostinato. possibly the most like EDM, like modern pop sounding track ever. Like it's so poppy and like upbeat and dancey. A little bit of ska influence even a little bit there. Well, there's also it, there's a little bit of sort of pentatonicism, which uh -huh. I don't know if it's trying to sound sort of like Japanese or Chinese folk music. Maybe it's like one of the ways of trying to pay an homage to game music but i that's something that i really noticed throughout yeah. as soon as the melody came in it felt very pentatonic but not in the way of like a pop music melody right, it right almost felt a little bit uh you know chinese well let's move on to a track this is probably the most obscure track today uh probably most people have never heard this this is an artist called dr jacko and we're gonna play a track called general chaos 4 there's no album here but this is general chaos part 4 by dr jacko here we go almost like a virtuosic solo in in the form of a whole four-minute song. It's pretty much just one long solo. I love the blazing 12-8 shuffle feel here. It's just so rocking. Really one of the most rocking tracks of the day. This is General Chaos 4 by Dr. Jacko. I believe the format of this is XM. Uh, I'm not too sure of, of like you know information on that sound chip or how this was made, but uh, this actual file, you can download this file. It's a .xm file which you can open up in various trackers. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this track? Well, how does it relate to the tracks we've heard today on the podcast? It's very different than really the rest of the music that we've played on the podcast today. Yeah. I mean, I think that 12-8 meter has a lot to do with it. But I do think also kind of, like you mentioned, it really is one long extended solo. We don't hear a lot of repetition of melodic material. And there's not really a necessary 
melody per se it really is kind of like a solo which is such an interesting almost like performance piece to have for a chiptune song because it really yeah. isn't performed so i think that is something interesting because to me when i think of like the nature of wanting to listen to an impressive solo is that it's sort of impressive because we get to hear the performer actually playing this insane series of notes yeah. and it's sort of improvised um, at least for the most part, but with this, you know, th this isn't performed, and it had the ability to kind of be composed and crafted. So I, I do find this one a little bit interesting that that would be their choice, yeah, as opposed to a melody. But I think it's also about sort of exploring the types of avenues uh, to write music with these chips that hasn't already been done in all exactly. Good music. You know, it's doing something that hasn't been done before. You know, having a four-minute solo is something that a wasn't really even possible or b just would never have been done for a game so it's just cool cool to hear that that side of chip music so now we only have a few tracks to go guys we're having a great time here um hopefully you guys are too this is an artist called wmd this is one of the tracks that i found on my own uh just kind of looking through the world the vast world of Bandcamp chip music the album is safra sign and uh, he's going to make it hard for me here. The, the name of the track, it's actually really hard to pronounce. Will, do you want to give this a shot here? I think it's in Latin. Yeah, yeah I got a little Latin skills. Okay, this is Venisti Remanabis Donec Denuio Completus Cis. I don't know if that's actual <laughs> Latin. Let's I don't play think the they'd track. end a word with a C. Let's play okay. the track. Here we go. Listening to Venisti Remanabis Donec Denuo Completus Cis by WMD. I don't know why the title is in Latin because it's not even going we'll for like we'll check out, uh, an old kind of choral churchy. Check thing. out this album, Safra Sign. All the tracks are have really weird names. Um, so yeah, I think this is a guy's. He's definitely an artist, I would say, because he he kind of. Um, puts a lot of his heart and soul into this music. I think he uh, wrote like a really long description uh, that seemed pretty like personal to him of some of this music. So I, lo I love to hear that, you know, people doing things that are just true to themselves. Uh, this is not a guy who's just like doing what everyone else is doing. He's trying to make music that, you know, is powerful, that he's pour pouring his heart into it here. 
Um, yeah, Carl, I, I wonder what uh, you think, but something that was a little distracting to me is that second chord, whatever inversion he's using, it has the tritone at the top. Yeah. And I don't know, it's kind of distracting. It's like uh, there could have been... I almost feel like you didn't even need to voice it that way at all because the progression is like a very simple, common one. So having that sort of dissonance at the top, that was yep. a little distracting to me throughout I the I totally song. agree. I noticed that the first time I heard it. For me, it was a, kind of a combination of distracting, but also like, that's so unique. Like, it, it's amateur in a way that I don't ever really hear it that much. So I don't know. It is something that, that kind of did stand out to me when I first heard this track. But yeah, a very unique track. I, I thought it was a good thing to include because it's so contrasting. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like a choice. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of, you know, some contemporary musicians where they really try to accent and show off that dissonance. Let's now move on to a track by, this is my maybe my favorite name of an artist today. This is Cuttlefish, and the album is Cuttlefish Re-Edit. We're going to play a track called 3 a.m. Uh, pay attention, you know, this track starts off, you know, pretty good. And uh, eventually he does some really interesting kind of rhythmic syncopation um, with with some of his themes. So it's pretty cool stuff. This is 3 a.m. That is such a cool track. You're listening to 3 a.m. by Cuttlefish. And that syncopation I was talking about is a section that goes like... Those really um, harsh kind of offbeats that are... Uh, well, it makes it sound like it's swung, yeah. but the track is not swung. So it's almost like it's using delay, but at just enough kind of delay that yeah, it what, ends what up ha- sounding what like swung What happens is, is those beats are coming in on the uh of, you know, two and three and four. One E and uh, one E and uh, two E and uh, three E and uh. And it's just like, makes it sound swung and makes it sound, um, I don't know, it's just cool to hear that done with a computer, with a chip, you know, because it, it's something that kind of makes it sound a little bit late, or it makes it sound almost yeah. human. It's, it's, it sounds like somebody typed in the wrong one, or a one <laughs> when they were supposed to be a zero, and, it was and the best offset. mistake ever, yeah. So, all right, guys, <laughs> I think it's time to play the last track we'll talk about today. This is by another band. This is the J. Arthur Keynes Band. Man, they really don't have a chip-sounding name, do they? You know, you most you think about <laughs> Cuttlefish, Doctor Jacko, the J. Arthur Keynes Band. Um, yeah, they they sound like a like an umpapa German band. <laughs> what with if an it was? I just messed up. No, uh, the album is Computer Savvy. Hey, that also kind of fits the old person vibe. So this track is called Cluck, and it's really pretty. So let's take a listen to Cluck.
Oh, yes. When it got to that reggae feel, hell yeah, man. That is so awesome. This is a really cool combination of real instruments. Most striking example today of real and digital. Uh, this is a catchy tune, dude. I This is one of my yeah, favorites of the it. day. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's a great way to sort of end off the episode. They are not a polka band by any standards. <laughs> They're a lot cooler than their name suggests. Yeah, you know, but yeah, no, I had a great time. It was fun, uh, Will, to do this first kind of, you know, episode, this kind of, this new era, this new chapter of our podcast. You know, Will's going to college studying composition. I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, what, what kind of comes out of that. And I look forward to this new chapter of the podcast. It's kind of nice yeah. to, to, to have this, you know, every week, no matter how crazy our lives get, we'll be able to kind of, you know, touch base with each other and talk about music for a while. Yeah, no, it's going to be funny for you guys, because typically Carl and I see and talk to each other a lot during the week but now when we do the show this is like our opportunity to catch to, up to catch up so know that um if if our level of analysis <laughs> sounds like it's decreasing it's because we're talking and catching up while we're playing the track so let us yeah. know <laughs> what you guys think but this is a lot of fun i'm really yeah, glad to have it, this as a part it, of my it, life Thanks so much, guys, for listening to our podcast, for sticking with us. People that have been there since the beginning, people that are just coming on now, really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who's leaving nice iTunes reviews. Really appreciate that. That's That right. really helps us you know, find new people and for new people to find the show. Next week, we have a cool episode. It's going to be collaborations. So we're going to be focusing on you know soundtracks that were worked on by more than one person you know yeah. so there's some some really well-known uh, collaborators that keep working back and forth like for example i think of yuzo kashiro and yeah. miko ishikawa well, is and one. marty is gonna be back for another episode of uh the now famous marty's <laughs> corner segment so i'm really excited about that once again i'd like to thank tom for all of his help with picking out the playlist for today we really couldn't have done it without you tom so thank you and also guys uh stay tuned uh pretty soon we're going to be interviewed by emily Reese from Top Score. So if you already listened to that podcast, uh, stay tuned over there as well because there will be a Super Mercado Brothers episode uh, in the upcoming week. So stay tuned. Yeah. Also, today's uh, really exciting for me because it marks the release of Child of the Chozo. Yeah. My original sort of comprehensive Metroid album. This is something. It's a very kind of ambitious project, and it's it's quite a lengthy dense album i've been working on it for like half a year but i'm very proud of it and i'm super excited to finally release it to you guys so you'll be hearing a lot more about that um in the upcoming weeks but yes it's available now so you can go to our original music page and check that out for me um on the kirby side of things my album another day in dreamland i have seven tracks completed um, for that album so it's really you know it's getting there it's getting there folks so yeah thanks so much guys uh for sticking with us on this podcast we had a great time once again my name is carl brueggemann and i'm his brother will brueggemann have a great week everyone we're gonna play you out with a track by chipocrit this is i quit from hit and run see you guys later <laughs> <laughs>